What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's going well, Graham. I like that you uh, mixed up the intro a little yeah, bit. It started bit. with the what's, what's up, up yeah. trying to make us sound hip and young and cool. Yeah, we're millennials, though. You know, yeah. we can't just say hello like we're we were born in the fifties, like we're baby boomers. Yeah, it can't be that proper. Can't just gotta, be like hello. Got to jazz it up, yeah. right? I'm doing well. How are you, Graham? So on the way over here, actually, I was uh, accosted by a man. I uh, went on the quick trip to get some gas, and I uh, I see a spot, and I'm going. Great place to get gas, by the way, and hot dogs and taquitos. Today's episode of Atlanta Zone is brought to you by Quick Trip. (laughs) The lowest gas in town, folks, under $2, currently $1.99. If you want to get gas and fill up on some fantastic uh, roller dogs, and then shit your pants. Two hours later, quick trip is your stop. Large pizza for four ninety nine. One stop shop. We are in no way affiliated with quick trip in reality. Um, yeah, I was pulling into the gas station, and I see a spot that's open. I'm like, cool. And the Chevy, huge-ass Chevy pulls up in front of me, and I guess we both thought we had seen the space first, and he stops, like, He's like in front of it and he stops, but he's at like a perpendicular angle. I'm like, what the hell is this loser doing? So I'm like, whatever. I just drive around him and get in the spot. And I see him start reversing. I'm like, oh, he's going to back into the spot. I, to him, it's going to look like I stole it. Um, but then the person. Why, why was he wanting to back in instead of just pulling straight? That's in? what I wanted to know. I, I thought he was going to get it. So I was like, whatever. And then he stopped. And I was just like, well, maybe he's having a heart attack. Maybe he's checking his cell phone. I have no idea. And, um, you know, so I, I pull in, the guy next to me leaves, so he's got an open spot. So I was like, oh, whatever, he'll just pull in there. And so I get out of the car, I'm getting my debit card out and all that good shit. And he just says, hey, buddy, that was pretty rude. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I don't know how to respond to this. And I was like, if I try to explain myself, it's going to be really awkward. So I just went straight denial mode. And I said... So you, you did know that you did wrong? I don't think I completely did wrong, because I feel like we saw it at the same time. I, I feel like, like, in your defense, you're generally pretty oblivious about things like that. I am. <laughs> he stopped. I saw him stop. I'm like, whatever. I don't know what you're on doing. Living your life. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And so I said, so I said, what? And then he goes, <laughs> I said that was pretty rude. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. And just goes about his business. I'm on your side just because I hate people that back feel like the urge to back into places. Yeah, if he hadn't backed in, he could have just pulled in and taken the spot and I'm like whatever yeah. and he got to, he got to get to the goddamn gas pump the same time I did pretty much the other one that was adjacent so whatever ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous so uh, we got a light show for y'all today not too much going on in the world of Atlanta sports we'll um, start off with some Braves recapping uh, Braves are fresh off a uh, series victory against the dreaded Washington Nationals, division-leading Washington Nationals. Hated Washington Hated Nationals. Washington Nationals. Uh, the Braves are currently 29-36, and 36th, good for fourth place in the NL least. Uh, Ten games behind Washington, a game and a half behind the Mets, and a half game behind the Marlins. Um, pretty wild series against the Nationals. Lots of offense. Um, I think there's over... I think there's about like 40 runs scored in that series. Braves win the first game 11 to 10, lose the next one 10 to 5, and then win the next one 13 to 2. Um, one thing I would like to say about this overall um, is that the last time we recorded, 
Um, Bartolo Colon was still on the staff. Yeah. He was still pitching. Yeah, so we got news there. Yeah, he was officially placed on the disabled <laughs> list, which allowed uh, Sean Newcomb to come up. Which, him going on the disabled list was such a joke, because like, the night before... He gets shelled. Well, he got shelled, and he's like, reporters asked him, are you healthy? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm perfectly healthy. Yep. And then they just made up some injury. Which yeah. I respect that move. No, yeah, me too. Quote, unquote, placed on the DL with a strained oblique. Yeah, they had, it saved them some face. They had the Bartolo bobblehead night coming out, and they're like, well, we can't, I mean, can't cut this guy. Yeah, and they have his bobblehead. Bobble but yeah. we don't want to just keep him in the rotation for the sake of bobblehead night. So, it's yeah. a good play. So, it would, gave you some time. Right, it works out. Newcomb came up and did a really good job against the Mets. Um, yeah, he looked he looked awesome. Yeah, went like six and a third. I think he only gave it one run. Struck out some guys. Didn't I don't think he had any walks, or if he did, he kept the walks to a, a minimum. All these uh, worries about him uh, having control issues that did not pop up in yeah, this he, game. He came out just pumping like his first nine stri- pitches were all strikes. Yeah, the thing I was really impressed with was his breaking ball. I think yeah, snaps like a motherfucker. Nasty, man. That's a twelve to six pure. Yep curveball sets you up with that fastball and then drops that in on you yeah and i think that's the thing if you're a power pitcher you better have good off-speed stuff and it looks like mr newcomb does so um so bartolo is officially eligible to come off the disabled list i think either today or tomorrow tomorrow. i can't remember friday so it is friday so it is tomorrow um so you gotta wonder if they're gonna plug him back in or they're going to let Newcomb keep pitching. I hope to God they let Newcomb keep They're talking six-man rotation. Are they? Yeah. No, like, I legitimately think that's what's going to happen is uh, because Snit has said that, I mean, if Newcomb keeps pitching like this, they're going to keep him in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, they're going to – good chance to go with the six-man, get Bartolo a few starts, see what he does if he – I just don't think there's anything left to see. I think it's – it's it's foolish to think that he's just going to magically turn around. He has a seven seven well, eight ERA. He's he's coming back though, so it's either I'd come back in a six man rotation. Why? I mean, why even DL? What are they just going to just DFM? Well, yeah, they would have done that by now. I know, I know, they're not going to. I'm yeah. just saying, I really wish they just would have. Oh yeah. And there's just no point in bringing him back. He's not going to increase his trade value. Well, um, maybe he has a good start. Maybe he has a good start, but. The track record says this year that for every one good Bartolo start, there's about five shit starts where he gives up four or five runs and pitches two and a third innings. I don't think anyone would argue Bartolo's good right now, but I just don't see the benefit of bringing him out there. Um, I also going back to my original point before we got a little segue into Newcomb. I'm uh, I'm getting a little sick of these old pitchers if they're not able to perform, just keep running them out there. Even Dickey, even though he's been a little better than Bartolo, he's still had a pretty yeah. ineffective season. He only went five innings, gave up eight runs the other night against Washington, and it's just like he's got a five three RA, has a ridiculous whip. I think it's one yeah. one point five. Did you see him at his start before that though? Yeah, no, he looked good. That was his best thing going. It was his best start. Yeah, it was his best start of the season. But I'm I am getting sick of running these older guys out there, and you have no idea what you're going to get. And for the most part, you're getting ineffectiveness. And I uh, I'm just I'm just ready to move on. Maybe I'm just getting too frustrated watching this pitching staff crumble overall. But uh, yeah, it, it is just frustrating with how great the offense has been. Offense has been like really If solid. starting pitching had been halfway decent, we would be definitely 500 ball club. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, this offense is nasty right yeah. now, man. Yeah, and we're hanging around without Frey. I'm not saying we're contending, but we're not an embarrassing ball club. There hasn't. I think it – is it safe to say there really hasn't been a drop-off since Freddie left? No, and I think Matt Adams has – I mean, he's been – 
destroying it's been the ball. A stud. Yeah. No, what, what, what do you want to do when Freddie comes back? I think once Freddie comes back, he obviously slots back into first base. Probably trade Matt Kemp and throw Matt Adams into left field because he has some outfield experience. The listeners are going to have to. Uh, well, the, by, sorry, the users are going to have to uh, go back to the last episode because I'm pretty sure I suggested putting Adams in left field, and you and Arthur just really shit on me for that idea. I don't want to for his defense, but um, at the same time, Matt Kemp's trade value will never be higher if you can move him and have someone overreach and give you maybe an elite prospect in there. You do it because you ain't winning nothing this year. Couldn't you say the same thing about Matt Adams, though, trading him instead of Kemp? You're not going to get as much for for Adams as you would for Kemp. You don't think? No. I think you could get more. Uh, I disagree. Kemp's having... One of the best seasons he's had in a long time. He's hitting over 300. He's got 11, 12 homers. Um, he's getting on base a little more than he normally does. Uh, he's just hitting the shit out of the ball. So I, I think, yeah. I mean, Matt Adams is yeah, too. He's doing the same thing. But overall, first time ever Kemp, being able to play full time. Yeah, Kemp has had a much better season, all star level season this year, honestly. And so I think if you are able to move him before the deadline, you're going to get more for him than you are for Adams, even though Adams is on a nice little tear right now. Yeah. Bottom line is we got a lot of veterans that could be moved that I'd be kind of sad to see go, to be honest with you. I would, too. Part of me selfishly wants to hold on to Kemp. Him and Brandon Phillips has been awesome. Yeah, BP's done really well, played solid defense, um, hitting the ball. At least with Brandon Phillips, though, like we have foreseeable replacements. Yeah, you Uh, got got Albies. Ozzy Albies waiting down there. If you get rid of... Phillips is not the end of the world, though. I I wouldn't mind having him stick around. No, I mean that, that'd be a hell of a flip if we. I mean, we're paying Brandon one million bucks this year. Yeah. So if, if we get some big time prospects back for mm-hmm. him, another uh, pat on copies back. Yeah, for sure. But I, I am I am tired of the veteran pitchers not performing, and I think it's clear. I mean, both these guys are forty years old. They're at the end of the rope. Bartolo in particular, I can see keep Ryan Dickey out there just. Because he does have a good start in him every once in a while, and he's not like atrocious, even though his ERA yeah. has been pretty bad. But um, Bartolo, there's no excuse; it's unacceptable to run him out there anymore. I, yeah, I refuse to support that. Yeah, no, I agree there. Let's DFA that guy. Uh, give Newcomb a full shot. Yeah, and I think see what he can do for half a season. Yeah, and I think too with Newcomb, the things I'm looking for for him because you know he's gonna. There are gonna be times when he struggles, but I would like. Uh, given his pedigree in the organization. We haven't had... This is the first time in the rebuild era that we've truly had one of those young studs, one of these guys that truly projects to be super legitimate top of rotation Yeah, not ace. a Matt Whistler. Yeah, or even Blair has been considered to be really good, but I don't think people were saying, yeah, this guy's like ace, super ace. You could just see a material. difference just from one start, like looking at Newcomb's stuff compared to those two. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I got excited watching him. Like, Yeah, no, I mean, the way that curveball was snapping, I was like... You know, I was, you know, there are times this year when I'm watching the Braves where I'm doing other things just because it's like it becomes so monotonous to watch this mediocrity. But with him, I was like full attention every pitch I'm watching. In. Yeah. yeah. And, I know uh, I asked you like 12 times. I'm sorry. Did you watch Newcomb? Yeah. He looked really good, man. I'll tell you what. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I hope that even when he struggles this year, that they stick with him and let him take his lumps because. It's time to start seeing the evidence of this rebuild start to work. And I don't want to just, like, even if he has, like, two or three bad starts in a row, be like, okay, just send him back to AAA. 
you know, nah. screw it at this point. Yeah. We're not, it, it's not going to help anything. I don't think the guy has much more to prove in AAA. You could say he still needs to work on his command, whatever. Yeah, I want to see this guy up here, and I want to see how he handles adversity. I want to see if he can go on a consistent run where he puts together quality starts, or if he doesn't, how he responds to the struggles. And we have nothing to lose. This is a guy we are banking on to be an ace of the staff. Let's see it. Let me ask you this. All right, so we're still thinking about this team this year because mm-hmm. we know what we have with the offense right now. Yeah. The bullpen has come along quite nicely. They're not blowing games like they were. No. Our bullpen compared to Washington's bullpen, oh, my God. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Night and day difference. Yeah. That is uh, the one thing that will destroy the Nationals again yeah. in the postseason is their bullpen just sucks. But, I mean, our bullpen is something you can win with. Yeah, it's a middle-of-the-pack bullpen. Um, and so Julio looked good his last start. He did. He did. He, and I was really impressed, too, because it's a day game. You're in Washington, a team he has really struggled against, um, and he looked pretty darn good Yeah, so, so maybe he's figuring it out. Jaime Garcia continues to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see Newcomb now, who looked amazing in his first start. He could keep that rolling. And then Fulte, he was off his last start, but still he's been solid yeah, let him throughout keep going. the season. Let him keep going. And then... Get rid of Bartolo. Yep. Get rid of Dickey. Mm-hmm. Plug in, say, for this season. Chris Medlin. He's knocking on the door in AAA now. He's a guy. I would definitely take Medlin over Bartolo or Dickey. Yes. I'll take a warm body over Bartolo. I'll take your ass going out there bouncing the ball. To so the those five guys I'm just named now. Okay. With our offense and bullpen, would you be surprised if this team, like, say, won seven out of 10 or 15 out of 25? I don't know how much of an advantage Melon's going to give you over... But we just uh, need a guy that's going to give us six innings, three runs. Yeah, you you can't say that Melon can even do that, though. We have to see. Um, But I would be interested in seeing him pitch. But I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if this team starts winning more consistently. I think they can if we... Yeah, if... If if Newcomb continues to pitch well, Julio gets back on the horse... Jaime keeps pitching well, and uh, you know if, if your boy Melon can come in here and and uh, sort of maybe recapture the flame a little bit. Yeah, I mean I think you, that you can see this team maybe get a little bit of consistency in terms of actually winning consecutive series every once in a while. I still don't think um, overall the bullpen's strong enough or the rotation's strong enough to have sustained success. But we can definitely have more success if we had better starting pitching. I think that's a yeah, given. Yeah. So something um, to watch. Yeah. Something to still be excited about. Yeah, and. Or you know, if there's someone else in the in the minor league system that's ready to go, that you know is one of is, that is a prospect. Um, you know, if Sims, I know he's struggling a little bit right now, but if he can write the ship a little bit, I would be interested in seeing him come up. Yeah, I just I think Braves fans as a whole, not to speak for them, um, are getting impatient in terms of wanting to see the rebuild start to take form. Not to say that they have to start winning 100 games or anything. Let's see the evidence of what we've accumulated start to uh, transition to the uh, the senior circuit and see what we got. And that's why I'm really excited about seeing Newcomb. Yeah. Because now we're starting, it's the first time we're really starting to see that. And it's exciting. So we're going to transition our Braves coverage a little bit uh, and cover what the Braves did in, the, uh, in this year's Major League Baseball draft. It happened, I believe, on Tuesday night. It's um, a three-day thing, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it started on Tuesday night, yeah. the first round. And... Um, Definitely the uh, least looked forward to, definitely the least covered in terms of national media attention draft. Yeah, well, out of it, it's just based, I mean, like, 
college baseball isn't anywhere near as big nationally no, as football, football or basketball. So yeah. I think there's also the, the difference of these guys aren't going to play for like three or four years. Yeah. A lot of them. Three, four, five years. Yeah. It's not like, and there's like no Bryce Harpers out there. Yeah. Like phenoms that you've known about for and, years. And there's a, like a hundred rounds. There's no way you yeah, can pay so attention to all long. that. Yeah. The good news about losing a lot is you get high draft picks. Uh, it's kind of the goal there. So Braves this year were drafting at number five. Remember all that controversy last year when we started winning and people are screaming, saying we really screwed ourselves by winning that last game against Detroit where we could have picked like second. Yes. But we won that game we and won ended that up game. fifth. You know what? I'll take that because that was the last game at Turner Field. And yeah, that was no, that was, that was great. And good news, it didn't really matter because the guy that we wanted – and would have taken it two, we got it five. Mm-hmm. This pitcher out of Vandy, uh, Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright. Yeah. So, and it's actually not the Kyle Wright that I used to work with at the Atlanta Athletic Club in the bag room. So I was a little confused when we drafted him at first, but mm-hmm. different Kyle Wright. Um, but a. I like the fact that he's a collegiate pitcher because that means he'll be ready sooner. Yeah, he he could be up. In a year or two, yep. as opposed to three or four years. You could, he'll probably start in uh, – a lot of college players will start in double-A as opposed to, like, low-A ball. Yeah, I mean, because he's probably already older than a lot of kids yep. in single and double-A. So, I like that. Uh, he's got a plus fastball, throws, like, 97, can top out there. Yeah. Um, I read this last year. I guess he had a really tough start to the year which um, is actually pretty standard for guys that are projected to be like a number one or two pick because the pressure's on him and he's kind of just overthrowing, basically. But then he slowed it down and started hitting his spots and dominated from the rest of the year. Um, but, I like, the, like I said, I like the fact he's in college, went to Vandy. A lot of big prospects have come out of Vanderbilt. Your David Price's, mm-hmm. Sonny Gray's. Yep. Um, is that where Mike Miner went? Uh, he, I believe so, and I think and Dansby Swanson went there as well. Yeah, so Dansby played with this guy as it's well. A damn good baseball school, very good pedigree yeah. there. So I know he was jacked about it. Yeah, and um, one of the things I really liked about Wright and what, I've, what I was reading about him is that he has a very easy to repeat um, mechanics and delivery, and so he's not putting a lot of stress on his arm. And one thing I did notice, Adam, which I know you'll love, is that when he releases the ball, Jesus, his arm is is like so far extended from his body, uh, yeah. he's getting full extension wow. on his pitches. Wow. It's a very smooth delivery, and uh, his arm isn't close <laughs> to his head, he's not short-arming it, he's getting it was, out there and throwing the hell out of the it ball. It was funny, because I gave you so much shit about last week, Graham was just going over Julio's mechanics, like Graham knows a lot about baseball mechanics. And then I saw an article on Talking Chop today called What's Wrong with Julio? Mm-hmm. And this guy was just like going back and forth about his mechanics and all these things he's seen watching video. Mm-hmm. He was more concerned about the way he's landing versus his arm angle. Mm-hmm. So Probably knows more than I do. Well, maybe not. Give yourself some credit, Graham. You're, you're a guy. I'm a guy. Um, as Freddie Gonzalez would say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about the Kyle Wright pick. I know it's another pitcher and people are like, where are my damn position players? But honestly, I have to say, given uh, the uncertainty of what we've seen with all these prospects that we've gotten, we're just seeing the very first like stud prospect come up to the major leagues. Stock up on pitching, keep stocking up on them because you never know who's going to succeed and who's going to fail. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, that's been Coppy's philosophy, and he's sticking to it. Yeah. So. 
And uh, so, yeah, he right projects to be an ace. He's thought to be one of the, the top, you know, two, three pitchers in the entire draft. So seems like a good signing. Yeah. Has been universally acclaimed as a good signing by all these various sites and whatnot. So um, welcome to Atlanta, Kyle Wright. We'd love to have you on sometime. Kyle. Uh, second pick is Drew Waters, a Georgia native outfielder. Um, apparently grades out to be a five-tool guy. Um, for those of you that don't know, that means he can run, he can hit, he can throw, he can field, and he's got speed on the base pass. Um, so I think, you know, and he's a high school player, so he's definitely going to, it's going to take him a while to get the seasoning he needs to start to contribute. But I'm glad we drafted an, uh, an outfielder. I'd like to see, you know, I guess maybe there was, and, the, and Capoella has said that, you know, we're drafting the best player available. Forget need. We're going to draft the best player available. I think out of all the sports, um, I think I think it's a good philosophy in general, but with baseball, because you never know and it takes so long to develop these yeah. guys, yeah, draft the best guy available. I'm glad we're getting some outfield, more outfield prospects. I know we have Robert Acuna, who's projected to be a really good player, but our corner outfielders are getting older. You never know when we're going to get rid of them. Stock up the system on those outfield guys. I, I can't get too excited about this. I know nothing about them. Fair enough. <laughs> Waters, yeah, I don't know shit about this Waters kid. Um, yeah, like we said, might see him in four or five years. Seems to be a top outfield prospect. Yeah, but we've, we've drafted plenty of those yep. in the past. Jordan Schaefer was a, uh, projected to be a top outfield prospect yeah, as well. Some what could happen to him? Cody, first-round pick from like seven years ago. What was that kid's name? Is an outfielder. Cody, I don't know. We'll say Matt Cody. This is dead he, radio here. He didn't, he didn't make it past single A. No. Nope. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I got so negative on Mr. Waters. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's supposed to be really good. Then the third pick was this guy named Freddie Tarnock uh, out of Florida. He has been a guy that was uh, projected not to be, you know, that great of a uh, a pitcher. You know, a solid guy, but he's really ascended in the Baseball America ranks and whatnot over the last uh, year or so. And um, he's supposed to be a, uh, a big steal because they say his upside is like ace, top-of-line ace pitcher, and we got him in the third round. So that's that could be a steal for us. You never know. Yeah, um, sounds like a good thing. We have a ton so of So we, we took a lot prospects. of pictures. We, we took Let's a lot move of down the list to day three. Day three. Where right. we took back-to-back catchers. Yes. Which is something that I am interested in because uh, in case – you haven't heard, our catching depth is shit. Yes. We uh, took a lot of catchers. So, kind of just trying to restock. Uh, yeah, we took a catcher at 11, Drew Lugbauer out of Michigan. Out of Michigan. Then the second pick, I mean, the, the next pick, number 12, was uh, Hagen Owenby out of East Tennessee State. Um, these two guys I was reading about earlier, and they both seem to be very much... Um, you know, good power bats, but they're maybe not the, they're not the best defensive catchers at this point, which is okay because they're so young. So hopefully they can you know learn it, become good defensive. I think the catchers. Michigan kid wasn't actually playing catcher at Michigan either. Oh really? They okay. moved him to like third base, but he's catching his natural position. Yeah. You know, you ever notice any everyone the Braves sign, like either draft or sign, mm-hmm. claims that they grew up watching the Braves. Yep. It was, in, it was the national team, man. It was the team. But these and kids now, the TBS, the Braves weren't even on TBS. Oh, yeah. Not for these kids. These, these kids, kids were born in like 2000. These kids were born in like 95. No. Bo- if they were born in 2000, I would be 14 years old or 17 years old. Oh, I well, guess they're applying. Yeah. Well, okay, so yeah, maybe some <laughs> yeah. of them are. Well, fuck. Well, 
Braves were still on TBS and, and, until 2008. Wait, That's I, a national team. 2008? Yeah. No. Yes. We're gonna have you to can look, look it up. up. You're saying every Braves game. Every Braves like, game until like 2008. No. Bullshit. 2007, 2008. All right. When it was a cutoff for you. 2004. No. You're wrong. You're totally wrong about that. So the Braves were on national television until 2007. So these guys could have still seen them at that point. They were kids. That, they were kids. They, Maybe. Weren't, they weren't raised from the ground. But don't you think no matter what team you get drafted by, you're going to say, I've been watching this team my whole life. I'm so excited to see this team I don't know. Play. I'm only a Braves fan, Adam. <laughs> I don't listen to what anyone else says. Um, so, yeah. At number 25, we drafted another catcher out of Oklahoma, Jake Taylor. Next round, we drafted Charlie. Oh, he played for the Indians in Major League. Oh, the, the movie? movie? Yeah. Oh. Jake Taylor, the old guy. Oh, yeah, that is right. With bad knees. Oh, yeah, that's funny. I like that one. That's a good pick. Yeah. So 25 and 26, we draft catchers. Jake Taylor and Charlie Carpenter. Um, and I think we drafted some more catchers, too, after that. No, that was it. So we drafted one, two, three, four, four catchers, which I'm fine with because we, yeah. we, we need more. We need more catchers, and we might have drafted more after this. You know, we're only looking at the first four picks. Baseball, you don't know if these people are even going to sign. Yeah, hopefully, you have deals ahead of time. A lot of a lot of the time, if a guy is committed to a college and um, they're not a really high draft pick, um, a lot of times they will not sign and try to increase uh, their value by playing in college for three or four years, and then go back into the draft. Um, but I think our first... Uh, Chipper almost went to college. He did. That would have been a shame. After we drafted him. Yeah. Um, but I think our first... Uh, I'm really excited about our first two picks. I can't say too much that I've looked at the other ones at this point that much, but I like the fact that we got another supposed ace pitcher and that we got a, uh, a five-tool outfielder um, that is projected to be a, a stud in the second round. So... Uh, Here's hoping these guys are up here sooner rather than later, um, particularly Mr. Wright, and he can contribute to the team. But um, I think it was another good draft for copy. I mean, it's, it's hard to say yeah. how to grade baseball drafts. I think you can't really do that until three or four years after the draft, maybe even longer, because you never know. You draft so many freaking people, and you never know how they're all going to do. hope one or two are a hit. Yeah. Um, so that was our shitty Braves uh, draft recap. We started strong. We started strong, and we sort of... I got really negative on yeah. Drew Waters. And then it went all downhill from there. <laughs> Apologies. Um, but I think I got negative, because like you just said, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows, yeah. Yeah, so we can sit here and yeah, I th- act like we know what these kids are. But we now, really don't. I don't, never... I don't even know what... Like like I said, I'd never seen Sean Newcomb throw until Saturday. Yeah. Which whole game. Right. So... Yeah, who the hell knows? Do I know... Mr. Waters? No. No. All this intel is coming from, like, two scouts that have seen the guy. Right. So. So, yeah. Exactly. It's all bullshit. It's bullshit till <laughs> they're actually here. Yes. To a degree. Th- then it's tangible. Then it's tangible. Right now, it's hopes and dreams. Yeah. And that's what we've been living on for the last three, four years at this point. Really, our whole lifetime. Yes. But particularly since the rebuild started. Right. Um, Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright. What else we got? That probably moves us on from the Braves, eh? Yeah, it moves us on from the Braves. Um, not much else really going on with the. Uh, I have the NBA draft this next week. Yeah, I know uh, everybody's looking forward to that. 
Um, Schlenk, our new GM, you're kind of getting starting to get an idea of what his deal is mm-hmm. based off some of the things he said recently. Um, he definitely sounds like he's leaning towards not signing Millsap, which makes a lot of us happy. That's good. Because um, he's, he's all about not having bad contracts, and he's gone out there and put on the record that he thinks we won't be able to offer him the type of contract other teams will, which considering that we could give him the most years and most money of any teams mm-hmm. shows we're definitely not offering him a max contract. So right, um, uh, probably I mean, leaning towards letting him walk. Yeah, which I think is, is good. I'm, I'm upset. Here's the thing I'm upset about with that. Not the fact that I think he's making a good decision, and this isn't his fault because he wasn't with That we didn't get anything for him? Yes, and that in consecutive seasons we've let some of our best players walk. If this happens, if this happens with Millsap, we'll let two of our best players walk, getting nothing for them yeah. on a team that was destined to do jack shit, yeah, and we got nothing for them. It's really bad. Piss poor management, and it's one of the reasons why Budenhoser and Wes Wilcox are out of the yeah. front office. Exactly. So, <sighs> um, But yeah, I like what Can't live in the past on that one, though. Yeah, I like uh, what he says, though. He's like, we're going to make him our best offer, which I'm like, eh. Just, I think he, maybe he's just saying that to save face. You know, he's, he's talking to uh, Chris Vivalmore of the AJC here. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, yeah, exactly. He, he likes him, but... He might get better offers. Yeah, yeah. You got money. Oh, here's another thing I wanted to bring up about the Hawks. Yeah. He heard we're saved. How so? Dwight Howard. Yeah. Did we talk about this last week? Oh, he's going to start shooting more three-pointers? No, we did not. (laughs) Let's talk about it. (laughs) We're saved. And the problems this will pose. (laughs) Dwight Howard's going to be jacking up the threes. You know, here's what I'd like to see him do first. Shoot better than 50% from the damn free-throw line. Then we can talk about three-pointers. Well, there's lots of guys who can't shoot from the free throw line that can, but can shoot threes. Usually, most good three point shooters are good free throw shooters. We got Kyle Quarter, ninety percent free throw shooter. Well, forty five percent three point shooter at times. Yeah, no, generally you're right. Yeah, and uh, it's absolutely absolute bullshit. I, I, it's just another example of, of of Dwight having delusions of grandeur about his abilities. There was some, he was on with like some NBA analysis analyst uh who has seen him play and he's like oh yeah Dwight I mean he jacks up threes all day in practice and looks great but then like it's same thing with free throws though like he makes his free throws all day in practice but then once you get in the game it's It's just a different experience yeah so it's just a matter he says it's a matter of him just like mentally coming around to it and he's like he understands that people are going to react like we're reacting yeah as far as the fans, but he says all he cares about is his teammates, and if his teammates trust him doing it, then he's okay doing it. Well, he's got to prove it, which I, I kind of like that, though. He's, well, yeah, it's a fine attitude, but, I mean, until I see him grow up from being a man-child to a man, I'm not going to trust anything he says. Why is he a man-child? Because he's driving around at going 95 um, miles an hour that, yeah. the night before an elimination playoff game yeah, yeah, at yeah. 3 in the morning. It shows me yeah. you don't give a shit. And your teammates don't deserve to respect you. Like, I, I'm still miffed about that. I can tell. Like, I, anything he says right now, I, don't, I want him to shut the fuck up and show me that he cares. Through his play, not his words. I think Dwight's number one on your list of hated Atlanta athletes. Right, right now, now, yeah, he is. You get more just the mention of him. Yeah, it's very upsetting. I, I, I suffer no fools in this regard. Because this city, <laughs> with our star players, we have a reputation, I think, Nationally, we're non-existent. And here's the reason why our star players, Freddie Freeman, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, 
why they're not as revered nationally is because they're not drama queens. They're not, they don't make a lot of headlines. They don't propose to field goal nets like Odell Beckham Jr. And they don't run their mouths and talk shit about coaches or other, other teammates or other teams. They show up to work, they put in the work, and they excel at what they do. And they don't talk a lot. And Dwight, that's the way we do things around here. And you got to start showing through your play that you're worth a damn, and you have it. And we also don't win championships. And we don't win championships. <laughs> so don't so, even so you, think about it. Yeah, don't even think about that. <laughs> we if, don't if, want if, if you want, If you came here to win a championship, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> Not in Grampstown. Yeah. No, we'd love you to win a championship, Dwight, but for the love of God, show me through your play that you can do it. I don't care what you have to say. So he's shooting threes, so we, we're, we'll be in good shape. Good God. That just scares the hell out of me. Yep. Um, because then, because then, I'll say one more thing about this before we run into the ground. But um, if he starts shooting a lot of threes, then he's going to become a worse version of Al Horford in his last season here, where Al just went to the three point line, was jacking threes up, and he wasn't there to get boards. And we're and that was that's the one thing that yeah. Dwight can do is get a rebound. Yeah, we already had a center like that. I mean, like in Al, so we don't. And that didn't work. So yeah, we need a guy down in the post. But yeah, you know, NBA is changing. Yada yada yada. Yeah. But um, not a big man's league anymore. No, but you still need guys to get boards. Uh, and you know Dwight's uh, horrific quickness. If he's out there on the perimeter waiting to be fed for a three pointer, there's no chance he's getting an offensive board. Um, so here's a crazy question for you, Adam. The Hawks have three picks. I think. Um, I think they have a 19th pick in the first round. Would you want to see us trade any picks either this year or next year or a year after, whatever? to move up to try and get a, a, a stud player, um, a top 10 player. I'm fine with it because uh, I know this draft is supposed to be pretty deep. Mm-hmm. I do know that much. I also know we can't just keep stockpiling these mid-range first-rounders. I mean, we already have Bembry, Prince, Schroeder all taken around there. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'd be okay with it if there's a guy you really like. Yeah, I would too. I mean, I think I, I'm 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 tired of of mediocrity. I'm tired of ten years, ten consecutive years in the postseason with nothing to show for it. I know that no one's going to win anything in the NBA for the next five or six years as long as Cleveland's together and as long as Golden State's together. But you could start now by trying to get a stud and build around him. Why not? This is one of the deepest drafts that uh, that has happened in a long time. I would love to see Mr. Schlenk. I mean, go but for we it. don't have the assets to trade up into like a top five, you know? No, probably not. But I wouldn't. If something came out and they said Schlenk tried to trade, uh, you know, two first round picks, three first round picks for a number five pick or something, I'd be like, all right. Generally, that does backfire on you, though. But we keep getting guys. Like, think about the draft picks we've had recently, like Adrian Payne. Nothing. Uh, that other Willie Tavares, nothing. Well, that's we, a second round. I know, but we get we we haven't, and uh, but I, I did like um, Torian Prince, <laughs> Schroeder, and Schroeder. But other than that, Bembry, I think he still has, he could be okay. Yeah. But but recently we haven't. One, we haven't put ourselves in a position to draft well. Two, because we've been an okay or good team. But two, it's just like we know what we're gonna get from these mid-round picks usually. I mean, I think Torian Prince was actually a steal and he could develop, but other than that, eh. Yeah. Hasn't hasn't worked out. No, I think Prince is going to go down as 
one of the uh, top five picks from last year's draft. Yeah, I, I really look forward to seeing him so continue to grow. It does work out sometimes. Yeah, maybe it can. Schlenk, but the way Schlenk's talking, he's pretty set on finding a player at 19. So Yeah, so we'll I doubt see. And he's also one of these best available player guys. Yeah. Which I'm I think cool that's with. fine. I don't want to draft some shitty center that's going to suck. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Should we do our uh, our segment on the Hawks? What's that? Our say one thing you're excited about. Oh, sure. Let's do that. <laughs> My favorite segment from last week. Do you want to go first? Um, yeah. Uh, one thing I'm excited about for the Hawks is the continued development of one Torian Prince and seeing where he goes in the second year if he can become Kawhi Leonard East over the next two or three years. Okay. I'm not totally buying that you're that excited, but... No, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's just, that's a lofty expectation. Right. Uh, what am I excited about the Hawks, Yes, Grant? what are you excited about for the Hawks, sir? <sighs> You took Torian Prince. Excited about Dwight Howard developing into a top 10 three-point shooter in the NBA. All right, we're going to move on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nothing going on with the Falcons, really. Uh, There was a little ceremony for uh, Roddy White and Mike Vick retiring as Falcons, even though they didn't sign a one-day contract like most teams do. They had a nice little uh, ceremony for them. Um, to honor their time with the team, which was fine to see uh, or hear about. I didn't always see it. But um, in the Falcons' mini camps going on, hasn't been a lot of news there, which is good. It means no one's getting non-contact season-ending injuries. So um, hopefully that just you know continues and everybody shows up to work and does what they need to do. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole hell of a lot going on with the Falcons. I don't know if you've heard anything. Um... Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I thought I had something on him. Um, I saw Freeman seems confident that this deal is going to get done. They've been gonna, saying that forever. Yeah, so yep. I guess that's not news, eh? Nope. No, I guess we can just uh, say nothing. It's kind of the dead season. It is uh, the dead season. NBA is over, NHL is over. But, I mean, we talked a lot of NHL, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we talked a ton of NHL. Um, baseball is... Near in the do- it's the dog days of summer it's now. It's getting ready to be, yeah. Um, going to my first United game, taking our oh, let's give some props to Arthur Roach last week. Oh for yeah, his, uh, his soccer great, analysis. Yeah, his great um, guest hosting that he did. I legitimately, after listening to that episode, I felt like I had learned something about soccer. I did too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it was nice. He really, sure. really got. Uh, you know, really broke it down for the common man such yeah, as us. a couple to, slubs like us. To understand what the uh, beautiful game is all about. So. Yeah, so I'm glad we're proving the haters wrong today and showing that we can still do a show, just you and I. We don't need the crutch of Arthur's excellent soccer analysis. Right. And it actually got us less users than, than normal. So. Yeah, because he's normally one of our listeners. Exactly. So, um, so hopefully we'll get that listener back this week. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking his advice, going to the United game Saturday. He says that I will be sold and full-on soccer guy, so... All right, maybe you can come, bring some come more... Come our next uh, show, I'll just be talking soccer. Yeah. Hell, that's fine. We need we need something to talk about with the Braves doing so bad and with nothing else going on in the uh, 
in the world of Atlanta yeah. sports other than uh, under 500 baseball. We could always start delving into the world of local politics. You know, John Ossoff, John Ossoff. He'll, he'll work with anybody on the other side of the aisle, and we need a strong, independent thinker in yeah. Congress. But he is a D.C. liberal, and you got to watch <laughs> he's a out. He's D.C. liberal, he's, he's threatening conservative values. Yeah, everything. He, all his voters are coming from San Francisco. So. Yeah, all his Wait, money what? comes from San Francisco. He doesn't even live here. D.C. liberal, John yeah, Ossoff. He live, yeah, he's not one of us. <laughs> <laughs> thank God when that election's over. Yeah, I think everyone's going to be happy to stop getting railroaded with yeah. those commercials and whatnots. Uh, I think we can move on to our last segment of the day, which was uh, questions <laughs> from the audience. Oh, you want to you want to take this one uh, away here? I don't remember our. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, the hell's his name? Hugo from Tucker. Hugo from Tucker. That's right. So uh, Hugo from Tucker actually, generally he'll uh, text in his questions, comments, concerns. But uh, this week he actually got a hold of my personal line, and we had a phone call. Wow. A phone call with Hugo. How did Hugo get your number? I don't know. Um, I didn't even think to ask. I'm sure some producers out there had it and gave it out. Maybe. Go. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll figure that one out, but that's not Hugo's problem. Um, but Hugo wanted to go into how... So if you guys recall, first time Hugo called in, he was asking about the Braves trading Freddie Freeman. Which I deemed preposterous. Yeah, and Graham really laid into Hugo, um, called him all types of very, very mean... Unfair names. Unfair names. <laughs> um, it was truly offensive, and Hugo, we almost lost a listener because of it. Sorry, Hugo. <laughs> you know, I respect you. <laughs> but then, when Arthur's co-hosting with us last week, Arthur throws that out and just says, you know, look, any- anyone's tradable at this point. And Graham's just like, oh, yeah, that's a very excellent point, Arthur. I didn't say that. <laughs> you, you said something along those lines. I, I, I bit my tongue. I don't think I said, I don't think I wholeheartedly agreed with him at that point. So basically, Maybe I should have, and it could have been a more interesting uh, podcast, and we've had more, more users last week. Yeah, maybe you were being too nice. I was being too nice. But the difference is, Hugo. You were, you were too mean to Hugo, too nice to Arthur. There's a center road. Yeah. Center ground. Can, you, can, we, uh, can we read exactly what he said before I, I formulate a response? What, the, is Hugo's original? Yes. Or not his, well, his text about, about this issue. I told you it was a phone call. Oh, but he texted also, though. All right, let's see. From the mouth of Hugo, he would like a side-by-side comparison of Graham's reaction to Arthur talking trading Freddie versus his response to Hugo's Freddie question. So the audio will have to mix up together is what Hugo wanted there. And uh, Hugo also threw in a... Uh, That's too much work, Hugo. <laughs> I'll get paid enough to do that shit. You got an apology already, so that's pretty good from Graham. And uh, he also had... Oh, he, yeah, he was getting involved with our segment last week, the Braves Excited segment. Oh, yeah, what did he say? So he's excited about not having to spend his time watching this season only to have his soul crushed by a Juan Uribe bomb. Yeah, there's no chance of that happening, so... <laughs> That's an optimistic out- outlook, Hugo. We appreciate that. I'm sorry for offending you in any way. I still think you were wrong, but I shouldn't have lashed out at you like that. I should have lashed out at Arthur, I guess. Or lashed out at you both equally. Yeah. Or not yeah. lashed out at all. I think that's all he's asking is... Yeah. I acknowledge that we, it was it was a fuck-up. We have limited users, so we need to treat them we with need to, respect. Yes. So The respect they deserve for giving us their time. Um, 
Indeed. Any other uh, listeners, users reach out to you? Um, yeah, I found out this week some of our uh, very good friends that see us on a daily basis, they don't listen to our podcast. Very unfair. Very unfair. So one guy who's going to be coming on the show in a couple weeks, uh, we'll just call him Wardo. Yes. He did listen for the first time uh, to today, actually. He was listening to last week's episode. Okay. And he made a good point. I need to make a correction from the, do you recall me reading out the Craigslist ad looking for yes. a dad? Yes, that was for right. Backyard barbecue. Yeah. I incorrectly credited John Galvin as our source on that, mm-hmm. where in reality it was Wardo. So, so you don't apologize. Wardo, I apologize. Okay. We got that on the record. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, I haven't been getting hit with much besides that. What, what about you? No, it's been a little radio <laughs> silence. I know, huh. one, 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 I know uh, one of our users, Alexa, really enjoyed the, the soccer coverage. Okay. She spoke good. to me personally about it. Nice. Um, said she was happy to hear about uh, the Atlanta United, about soccer, and thought I was a moron for not knowing what offsides was, Yeah, uh, which it, I, I wholeheartedly agree with. It was top three worst questions we've ever heard on this podcast. Yep. That's sad because there haven't been that many questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, we are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes if you haven't. Also, shout out to Miss uh, Vicky Roman for giving us our new artwork, which looks amazing. Thank you for all your hard work on that. Uh, really happy with it. Um, gotten some really good feedback on the uh, on the Facebook page on that so that was nice to see yeah yeah no, people definitely like the artwork more than our show yeah for sure without a doubt <laughs> I don't blame them yeah no that was good so really want to give you an honor yeah. shout out and say thank you very much yep, thank and you ma'am thanks to Veronica Adam's wife for coordinating all of that indeed um, so yeah thanks everyone we'll see you next week go Braves hopefully the Hawks draft someone worth a damn and hopefully we'll have a more interesting show for you next week for Graham Waldrop, I'm Adam Kalau. Hospitality.